Hey, hey, hey! Exciting news! Do you ever look in the mirror or at a photograph of yourself or put on some clothes? Or rather, don't put on some clothes because the clothes you really want to wear are hanging in the cupboard or buried in some bag at the back of the cupboard and your heart sort of sinks and you think... I know, I know I need to do different things. I know I need to do something different to lose the weight, to get healthy, to do all the stuff I want to get to, to what Dr. Alina calls healthy, amazing you. And yet somehow I can't do it. You, my friend, have what is called a doing gap. It's not a knowledge gap. It's a doing gap because you're busy and you've got other stuff going on. So the Radiate and Renew program starting, drum roll please, next week, we're kicking off on Tuesday next week. It's super exciting. You will learn to do four small but mighty habits that you are going to enjoy and it's going to be easy. Now the idea of this, there's two ideas behind it. Number one, you do the habits, in a year's time you've still got the habits and they really have moved the needle. You know, you're really doing things slightly differently. But also, once you start doing things differently, you realise that you can carry on doing things differently. And so you might decide, hey, I'm going to do the reboot or I'm going to do something else and I'm really going to get to the bottom of this goal. I'm going to reach my goal. So if you are interested, if you'd like some help and support, Radiate and Renew starts on Tuesday. I will leave the link in the show notes. I had a miracle cure that would guarantee you and your family living to a ripe old age whilst feeling vigorous, fit and fabulous. Would you be interested? Well, I do. It's called Healthy Living. Hello and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. Healthy Living for Families Made Easy. Hello, hello, and welcome to Fit and Fabulous with me, Dr. Orlina Kerrick. I hope that you are feeling fit and fabulous. It is now August. We've had a few days of rain, well, one day of rain here in Spain, which is something I'm actually super grateful for because although I love the summer, it is hot, 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 and it's really lovely to just have a little bit of respite and to know that the summer will return, even though it feels kind of autumny. The summer will return and we'll get back to lovely, beautiful sunshine and it be a little bit fresher. The other thing that is happening in my life is August, the beginning of August, marks our two thirds of the way through our adventure, which is living in this tiny yet beautiful house whilst our house is being done up. And on one hand, it feels like it's so, so far away. We've still got four months to go before we move back to our home, which feels like hasn't been a home for such a long time. I guess eight months is a long time. But on another level, it feels like we're getting there and we are living in this small house. It's a beautiful house, but there are six of us squashed into a small house and if you have noisy, boisterous children and you're trying to work, you will understand how much of a challenge that can be. So it is a challenge, but I'm also very grateful to this house because it's a beautiful house. 
It's got everything we need. I have a nice, comfortable bed, somewhere we can all lay our heads down at nighttime. It's very close to the beach, um, which is a double-edged sword. So now it's August, the beach is absolutely packed and I go for my beautiful morning swim at seven o'clock in the morning and then pretty much hide from the beach. I might pop down for a couple of minutes. Okay, okay, enough about what's going on behind the scenes. Today, I want to talk about your relationship with food. Now, just to remind you, okay, backtrack a little bit. Let's think about why we want to talk about relationship with food. So what I see is so many people who say, yeah, I eat healthily or, you know, I want to get healthy, but this is the problem. So it might be that I have cravings or I do emotional eating or I diet. I was talking to someone earlier this morning and she was telling me how she diets on and off, on and off. And I was asking her, well, why do you do this dieting on and off? And essentially, she said it boils down to habit. Since I've been 18, this is what I've been doing. And behind all of this is this thought of, I need to restrict what I'm eating. There are some forbidden foods. There are some good foods. I'm only allowed the good foods. I ought to do exercise. And my question is, why? Why all of these things? So we're going to explore this a little bit. Now, on a side note, dieting or falling off dieting is a disaster. What do I mean by that? Well, so many people go through this journey of I'm going to diet. And I always explain it like this. You go on this journey, you create this possibility, this vision of how amazing it's going to be. You're going to get to the other side. It's going to be healthy eat living. You're going to feel fabulous. It's going to be wonderful. Except you obviously have to get there. You're full of possibility. You're excited to do it. You start off, you do really well. Life happens. It's not a question of if life happens. It's a question of when life happens. And then we start listening to that left-hand side of our brain, which goes doom, gloom, the voice of despondency. You can't do this. We can't change. Safety, safety, safety. Just keep things as they were. And so you stop your diet. And there are problems with this in that, number one, you enter into this mindset of, I can't do it. There's something wrong with me. I am broken. I have tried so many of these things. So that's the sort of emotional piece. But there's also a bigger danger in terms of physiology and weight distribution. So if you think about, let's say somebody who's 100 kilograms, my mind works in in kilograms, it doesn't really matter what the figure is. But you start off and your fat distribution will be, I don't know, say you've got 50 grams of fat on you. And you lose some weight And some of that weight is going to be muscle and fat. And you might be exercising, so you're building up your muscles. And then you go back and you stop dieting and you go back to the way you're eating. So now, at the the good point, you've, say, lost 10 kilograms, you're 90 kilograms. Now, what happens is some of that 10 kilograms that you've lost, some of it's fat, Sorry, all of it's fat. Sorry, some of it's fat and some of it's muscle because you will be losing some muscle tone as well. And then what happens is you put that weight on, but you put back all fat. Unless, of course, you're exercising and really keeping that exercise going. But you're putting back more, putting on more fat. So actually, when you stop, when you go back, you have got a higher proportion of fat than you did 
before you started. And that is not where you want to be. We want strong muscles. So this, the problem with dieting and jumping on and off and on and off is it doesn't help your proportion of fat. So the two big problems with dieting is number one, well, actually, there's another one as well, which is this idea of restricting foods and saying, okay, I, whatever your diet is, I can't, I have to live in this mindset of restricting foods. So that's some of the problems with dieting and why this idea of jumping on and off, on and off is not great. And the research shows essentially that dieting does not work. If you set about trying to always restrict your life in such a way so that, you know, healthy eating, healthy living is what you want and weight loss in a way that is depriving and restriction, it's not going to work. And there's so many studies that say, okay, people might diet for like six months or a period of time, but after years, they go back to where they were. And that's really the test. It's looking at the long term, not how you were in three months or four months or six months. It's where are you going to be in five years and 10 years? So some of the problems with dieting. So just to recap, this is what I teach. The four healthy habits, how we eat, exercise, sleep, and emotional wellness. And this idea of my relationship with food is this fundamental pillar number four. It's emotional wellness. And it is such an important and fundamental part of making changes. Because if we don't address these underlying reasons for why we do things, we aren't going to make changes that stick. And where do you want to get to? That's the big question. What is it that you would like your life to look like? Now, when I work with my clients, excuse me, this is what I want to teach people. I want to teach people to get to healthy living. So you eat healthily, just out of habit, without having to think about it. You exercise in a way that you really enjoy, that you find fun, that you do because you love it. So for me, it's summer now, every single morning, I'm at the beach at 10 to 7 saying, come on, let's go for a swim. I love this so much. Now, of course, there are moments of trepidation when I think, eek, it's going to be a little bit cold today. But I get in and I love it. And if it is cold, I put my wetsuit on. I obviously have to make that decision in in advance. But my point is, I don't get up and swim every morning because I think I ought to do it, because I feel some sense of obligation to do it. I do it because I love it. And I do it because I think, wow, it's the summer and I'm going to grasp every single moment I can to enjoy the sea and living near the sea. And I know that it gives me energy and I know it helps me feel better and calmer and more in control of myself than if I don't do it. So those are my reasons for doing it. The bottom line is I love it. I enjoy it. And actually last year I would go three times a week. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday. And because obviously last year was a little bit different, my children weren't doing anything. And we were swimming with somebody who said, well, should we go tomorrow? Should we go tomorrow? Should we go tomorrow? And I got to think, why not? Why do we only go three times a week? And so this year, every single day, I do take Sundays off just to give my arms a little break because I would rather have a day off than injure myself. So this is where I want you to get to, the place where you're living a healthy life and it's all happening on autopilot 
so that you don't have to think about it. And what do I mean by not having to think about it? So that your thinking brain isn't using that precious energy of thinking, I ought to do this, or what should I do? Your brain isn't trying to figure out and solve this problem the whole time. It's all given to the habit fairy. It's all given to my effective habit brain, which is just going to do, we do healthy living and healthy eating on autopilot without thinking about it. So what does that healthy eating look like? What does it look like to have a good relationship with food? Well, number one, I would say nothing is forbidden in moderation. And I see this so often. I know we talk about, okay, this is how we're going to eat in a different way. This is more healthy. Fruit and vegetables are healthy. Packaged foods, they're not so healthy. And that is true. If you're eating loads and loads of packaged foods, one thing you can really do is eat loads of fruit and vegetables. And that will really increase. Well, number one, if you want to lose weight, that will help you lose weight. But number two, it will really push you towards healthy eating. Now, one of the arguments I hear people saying is, but I want to eat those delicious packaged foods all the time. And if I can't eat it all the time, then I feel deprived. And I say, you're thinking about this in the wrong way. One thing that I would love you to do is to fall in love with healthy foods and really see that they are tasty, they're delicious, and they can give you the same pleasure as those sweet packaged foods. Now, if you're really into packaged foods right now, you might be saying, I just don't believe you. I just don't believe you. So let me tell you a story of Alexis. And for those of you who've heard this story before, I apologize. So Alexis was a client that I had a few years ago and she was a dentist and we did a whole podcast together. So if you want to go listen to that podcast, I'm not breaking any confidentiality. But essentially she would eat chocolate on the way back from work because she felt that was a way of looking after herself. Now we put in pillars, sorry, we put in systems and habits and routines in all four of the pillars. So one of the underlying issues was that she didn't feel that she was looking after herself or getting enough me time. So we worked on that separately. But specifically looking at chocolate, she decided to give up chocolate for a couple of weeks. And that was fine. It was okay. And then she did it again and again. And then she did it for a month until eventually she got to the stage where she's like, actually, do you know what? Chocolate just doesn't do it for me anymore. I don't get the same enjoyment as I used to. What I'm actually really loving is these healthy foods. And so right now, when you're standing there going, oh, I just love these packaged foods and I can't envisage my life without them, you have to kind of step away and see the bigger picture and think, okay, I've got this desire but I can have a desire for something else and I can fulfill that desire for something else. So coming back to healthy eating, what does a good relationship look like? Nothing is forbidden in moderation, but moderation is the key. The reality is, is if you're eating lots of packaged foods all the time, yes, you are going to put on weight. But if you can shift that to, I'm eating lots of healthy foods, I'm eating foods that nourish my body, that provide me with the energy and the nutrients that I need. And from time to time, I enjoy these other foods, but I have some 
and then I stop. And I don't have this overwhelming desire or urge to carry on eating. Now, to get from where you are right now to where you want to get to, it's not have a conversation and it disappears. It requires a little bit of work. It requires a bit of trial and error. It requires looking at the thoughts that are going on underneath. It requires looking at the emotions that are going on underneath. But this is where you want to get to. I have a good, healthy relationship with food. There is nothing that I can't eat. It's not that I don't have to deprive, sorry, it's not that I have to deprive myself. I enjoy everything that I eat. And I personally, talking to you now, from my perspective, I love eating. I love my breakfast. What do I have for breakfast? I have porridge, oats. I think it's called oatmeal in the United States. We call it porridge here. And I have fruit. So now it's summer. That's peaches, banana. I have nuts and seeds. So I have um, sunflower seeds and pumpkin seeds, coconut sometimes if we have it, unsweetened coconut, um, peanuts. So I have this big bowl and I love coming in from my swim and having this big bowl of porridge with lots of fruit and nuts and seeds and a mug of coffee. It's delicious. I love it. I love my lunch. What do I have for lunch? Well, my children always ask for what's for lunch and I say stuff. Essentially, fruit and vegetables. I like to experiment and make a little bit of healthy, like I might make a pesto or a salad dressing, but it's nothing complicated. It's nothing difficult. I just literally finish work and go downstairs and start chopping stuff up and put it on the table. And my children always come back for lunch. That's what how it works in Spain. And we help ourselves. There's always something somebody can eat. And dinner. I enjoy eating dinner and we have different things for dinner. I enjoy eating food. And yes, sometimes I overeat as well. Sometimes I think, oh my goodness, I have eaten a little bit too much. My stomach feels really full. I need to take it easy and not go for a run or not go for a swim. But I've eaten a little bit too much. And that happens. But the reality is if you're overeating fruit and vegetables, you're overeating far fewer calories than if you're overeating on packaged foods. And yes, from time to time, I eat packaged foods. So my kids love ice cream. I have to confess, the other thing I really love doing is experimenting and finding new and easy ways to create foods, like frozen foods that my children can eat. And I've turned it into a bit of a game. And one of the things I would say to you is the best thing, if you're struggling with something, the best thing you can do is turn it into a game. So I was talking to a client a few days ago and she was saying, I just don't have this mindset of I enjoy creating foods. Now, here's the hard truth. As parents, we have to create food for our children. So you can choose to enjoy it or you can choose to not enjoy it. And you might be saying to me, what do you mean? That's not a choice I can make. And the answer is yes, it is. You can figure out how to make it fun and how to make it less of a chore and figure out the bits that you don't enjoy doing. What's the difficult bit about this? How can I make it easier? How can I make it such that I can enjoy this? So for me, one of the things I've done is I love experimenting with how I can take something like fruit and vegetables or something healthy and create an easy recipe that works for my family. And sometimes I win the game and sometimes I don't. A few weeks ago, I was experimenting with nut ice creams. So I soaked the nuts. I first of all tried cashews. I soaked them and then I whizzed them up and put them in the freezer. None of my kids liked it. I did. I thought it was delicious. I was like, wow, this is amazing. 
So I guess I won from my point of view. But as a, okay, providing food for my four children, not so great. Another thing I did, I tried again with peanuts and I added some coconut, sorry, some cocoa and some raisins. And again, I thought it was delicious, but my kids didn't. But just fun, different ways of doing things and creating it, turning it into a game. But the bottom line is, until you have really corrected your relationship with food, you can't create a sustainable way of living until you have fixed that, that underlying, this is how I think about food. And it does depend on how you think about food. But if you have got this, okay, I'm not allowed to eat these foods, that is depriving yourself. You're always going to come from a place of I feel deprived and this is sacrifice. And you need to change how you think about things so that you can come from a place of, oh my goodness, I love what I eat. I enjoy it. It's such fun. And yeah, from time to time, I have these treats and that's fine. And I enjoy that, but I'm, I can also just take it or leave it. So if you would like to do a little bit more work on this tomorrow, Wednesday, August the 3rd, sorry, August the 4th, Wednesday, August the 4th, I am hosting a workshop called the, let me think, what was it called? Fix My Relationship With food workshop. So if you're already on my email list, I will send out an invitation for that. If not, sign up to be on the email list and the um, the link will be sent out. So I hope you can make it. It will be at 8pm Central European time, which is 7pm in the UK. Sorry, UK peeps. I always feel you get a bad deal because it's. I know it's kids bedtime. It's 2pm Eastern time and it will be on Zoom. We'll be chatting. We'll see how many people turn up. Um, But one thing is really useful is to have a look at where you are right now and where you want to get to and chat to other people. So it will be a fabulous workshop. I hope you can make it. And if you can't, come and join the Facebook group where we have Facebook lives and questions. And I will put all the resources in the Facebook group as well to go to join the workshop. Have a lovely day and I will be back with you again next week. Bye bye. (laughs) 